You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Marjani Rawls, also known as M. Joe. He's a good friend of mine that truly is one of the sweetest human beings you could ever hope to meet. He's a photographer, a journalist, a poet, as well as an author. And that last bit being at the center of this talk that you're about to hear. See, MJ has not only written books, but he has also had them published. And on this episode, we delve into just the sheer madness of that achievement. He's been fortunate enough to release five books into the world. And along with talking about each of those books, we also talk about the next book that he'll be releasing. And yeah, trust me when I say you're going to love this talk. This is the 405 Exchange with Marjani Rawls. Enjoy. I almost kind of wish I would have recorded the last hour, hour and a half of talking we just did. That was pretty great. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Maybe some of the stuff will bleed in. I don't know. Maybe it will. Yeah, because you came by a while ago, and then we just started catching up. And like one of my favorite things about doing podcasts when it's with, with people I've had done podcasts with already or like genuine friends is just like that element of catching up. This is really something special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, okay, so it's pretty wild for people to see you in the pit as a photographer. Like we have a lot of mutual friends who also know you who are probably listening. But something they, hi everybody hi everybody yeah but something that they probably don't even know is that you're also a writer and not just a blogger but someone who has also written books yeah um yeah. holy shit dude <laughs> 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 uh i want to ask about the books you publish but uh before i do tell me when did you when did writing come into your life man i've been it feels like i've been writing forever uh, like even going back to like second grade where I would go to like when like the book fair would come around and I'd be like oh my god like what's the new Goosebumps books and stuff like that like and I would write like little short stories that probably weren't as good but you know my family they've always been creative like you know my mom my aunts uncles are all they all sang my grand you know my grandma and it was just seen that writing was just kind of like the outlet for me and I would just I like write all the time it's really integrated into my life and in a major way like I wake up and I usually write and free write you know I usually end the day writing whatnot like of course like we just talked about photography but I always consider myself like a writer first which is yeah that's just how i am yeah. you know what i mean it's, it's just a part of my dna you know? do you, i've heard from loads of songwriters in the past that 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 uh practice of free writing is so important where it really is just a thing where you have to force yourself to just like get words out and just like really sift through your minds for ideas is that how you feel when you do free writing i come like i Throughout the day, I feel I have I'm bombarded by ideas, and you know if you talk to like a lot of creative people, some of them aren't good. Like some of them are just kind of like shit. But <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. know you gotta like write them. You have to write them down. You yeah. it, there's a a real good cathartic thing about just 
having a journal or even in your notes app just writing ideas down and flushing them out and just seeing where they go like some maybe sometimes i publish them sometimes i don't but just kind of have that created just that constant creative juice is really good and then you know sometimes it it really benefits from just sitting back and just letting life happen to you i mean i really believe in that especially like when i listen to music and like it's my favorite artist and they take a little bit of time to release stuff yeah like all right it's been two years like what has happened to you then and that's kind of why i take about maybe roughly two years to release each book because i want life happen to me i want to say something new you know? yeah like I'm Jay, dude. You've written books. <laughs> and I keep... So we talked about this a little bit before, but I'm going to bring it up again now. Um, I mean, we understand the thought process and, like, the functions of, like, processes and, like, how everything has, like, a start, beginning, middle, end and all that. And just kind of, like, you know... We, we understand the facilities of how a lot of things work. But there are still pillars and there's still words that are very distinctive. And, like, when you say the word book to someone... I think there is a big weight to that. So there's definitely people listening who are just like, wait, this person's written not just one, but he's wrote several books? Five. Yeah. Written five books. Yeah. You know there's a lot of people who will never be able to say that in the world. I just think... You've written books. I mean, it's just... It's just kind of like, like something that I... I don't even look at it as a huge thing. I just feel like... It was something that I had to get out. It was something that I had to get out in the world. And it was something that I took a chance on. Especially because all five are self-published. So it was really like I was betting on myself. Yeah. And the fact that like I had these concepts. And when I first initially started, I was just like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this. Like my first book, you know, most of that was like written in the college dorm room. Like most of the po- poetry was written like basically like with sheets of paper and stuff like that and then i was just one day i was like all right let, let's just put this together and like let's see how to go about this and then i found a self-publishing site called lulu and then i was like all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna make a book i mean in retrospect i kind of wish that i kind of like flesh that out <laughs> because I guess you know the first book didn't do too well because I didn't really know how to promote it and mm-hmm. I was just like hey I did this but you know like only a few people saw it but at the same time you need those growing pains you need yeah. those everybody I don't care like where, where creatively you are you always start from square one and square one is the best way to start because you start building who you are and what you're going to set yeah. So, that's kind of how I did it. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to go back and ask you about book stuff and writing. I'm definitely going to ask you more about that. But I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and jump into photography. Because something I find amazing about being a photographer that no one ever told me, I kind of learned myself, was that you could very much put your own feelings into a photograph. And how you approach taking a photo or how you edit one, you can like put your feelings within photos you're very much of a feelings guy i mean that in a really respectful way is that something that you've also recognized in how you approach photography that you're able to put feelings in your work well i think that like as we're recording this podcast now it actually is very fitting because it's coachella weekend and that's where 
I've decided where I really wanted to be a photographer. And, I mean, I would always go to shows and, like, try to take pictures with my phone. And, of course, like, you know, they, they weren't iPhone. They were, like, flip phones. So, like, these pictures yeah. were terrible. But, you know, one day, like, it was, I think it was third year I went to Coachella I bought a, like like my first DSLR and I don't I'm, hopefully they don't ban me for this but like <laughs> I'd snuck it in each like each day and then I was just taking pictures with it and I was like hmm you know like I really want to get good at this so I just kind of learned everything that I could and of course like you know people like you people like Will people like Dana like Greg, like, all these other photographers, like, I looked up to, you know, I just learned as much as I could about settings and aperture and whatnot, and then when it came to my first show, which was, I think it was 30 Seconds to Mars in Lincoln Park, all I had was, like, a, like, a 1855, 1855, and then, like, this, like, 50 Prime lens, and then Chester, there was a ramp that came down, and I happened to be in front and Chester is like screaming into the mic and I shot it with my 50 and I didn't know how I, you know, what I had done yet. And I looked and I posted it and I'm like, holy shit, like this is actually pretty cool. I was still pretty bad then, you know what I mean? But yeah, it, I'm glad you noticed that because I think as I've grown as a photographer and I keep learning and I always tell people, cause I don't think I'm the best at, I think you know, hopefully I'm pretty good, but like, I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, even when I write reviews or stuff like that, music is a very emotional experience. So when I like see an artist sing like uh, a song that is very emotional to them, like very personal to them, I like to capture that. Like I like to capture that emotion of the affliction of a note or a lyric or how they're you know how they're conveying that to the audience and a lot of artists feed off the audience especially like doing festivals yeah like if you're performing in front of like you know 10,000 or 20,000 people like you're gonna feel that and I felt like my way just to kind of like put my signature on it is just to show emotion in artists and and kind of like go about it that way to kind of like put my stamp on it that's really fucking dope and wait a minute so did you say that lincoln park 30 seconds to that's like your second gig that was my okay yeah that was my first no that was my second gig my first real gig was a flume show i think at union transfer in philly so i want to say at that time period what was that 2016 around? i think that was around or 15 i think that's that may have been 15 yeah Wow. I didn't know you only been shooting for this that like less than five years. Yeah, this would be like actually this weekend would be my five yeah, my five year anniversary as a, a writer, journalist, blogger, and it would be my four year anniversary as a photographer. That's a I had no idea of that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Secret out. How's it feel? <laughs> to know um, that you've stuck with it. Well, I, I asked that because you know it's so funny, after the first year I did it. Uh, I started doing when I was in college and it was really just the thing of like, oh, I like going to shows. It's a nice excuse to like be at shows all the time. And I mostly grew up in small towns. Even when we lived in London, it was like pretty much the outskirts. So like it wasn't really 
being, I didn't really get to experience cities until I was like 17, 18. So then when I started shooting and um, I did it after, like after the first year of doing it, I remember having a conscious thought of like, oh, do I want to keep doing this? Just because of like that hallmark of a year. And then thinking like, yeah, I do actually. I, photography has given me a lot. It's opened my horizons. It's allowed me to travel, to meet different people. Like, I met all you guys, like, photographing in New York. So it's given me friends. It's given me experiences that, like, I can tell people, like, yeah, I did that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's gotten me... I always felt like doing photography and writing, it, they complement each other. So when I photograph and do a show review, they feed off of each other. So it, it's actually made me a better creative because... With photography, it always changes. You know what I mean? Like, lighting always changes. you got to compensate for that. Sometimes you can only shoot from, you know, front of the house or yeah. a soundboard. And you got to... Con- it, it always kind of keeps you on your toes. And while that can be kind of stressful, and we do kind of go through a lot in that regard, I'm thankful that it keeps me growing and evolving. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's given me so many opportunities, and I met so many you know worked with so many different people and i never thought that like i would photograph like a Lollapalooza. that was a dream you know like that last year when i did that i was like all right that was the first time i felt like all right i'm really like doing this like i felt like all right i've really accomplished something you know so yeah i'm i love it even though i kind of do I guess less more of it now, but the things I do do, and as I f- find my creative voice, it's more involved, like, it's more intimate. It, it, I want to show, like, each artist's own emotions and own their own aesthetic to themselves now, instead of just kind of, like, doing, like, these wide variety of shows. Because once you've, I feel like once you've, photograph like a lot of artists like these kind of like repeats so I'm always yeah. looking for now I'm always looking for different challenges now to, to challenge me and to kind of like get out of my comfort zone I get that and it's something I really love about the way you're talking in that regard it's like it is really easy to find yourself in a train of thought that you should just be approaching things from like a bigger standpoint like I should be just shooting bigger shows a bigger artist and I'll be fulfilled from that but you could also find that feeling homogenous I definitely have as well so like yeah, that element of just, like, taking a step back and appreciating that there's a different way to approach things, that's very important. I, now I find more joy on working with smaller artists now. Yeah. Because you develop that relationship with the come up, and I'm not saying that you can't do that with bigger artists, but bigger artists usually fortify, you know, who they're working with, who they are, and that's awesome, like, you know what I mean? Watching people, like, like Greg with Childish Gambino. Yeah, Catherine Powell of Casey Musgraves. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I could recognize, like, Catherine's photo because she has her own style and, and whatnot with Casey. With, I feel like when you do things like an interview with smaller artists or, like, with any artist in general, you are crafting a story for them. You are bringing that out into the world and you are presenting things that they're saying as a story like this is who I am and I take that very seriously like I really make sure that I prep well 
especially like if I'm doing a portrait and stuff like that, I try to tailor it to who they are. And especially with like doing research for like interviews and stuff like that, I try to ask questions to try to make them feel comfortable and like draw a little bit more out of them because like if it has my name on it, like I really want it to be good, you know? So yeah, like I appreciate you kind of like asking that because I feel that with you, like anytime that you do something like, I'm like, oh, that's, that's a Ken thing. Like, you know what I mean? That's something that Ken does. And it was like, especially with all our friends, they all, we all have our own little thing, which is awesome. That's what creativity does. Like it makes you kind of like in your own little, your own little thing that people can recognize. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Man, I thank you so much for saying that, dude. Because, like, yeah, I mean, that's... I think you could really... It's really easy to create and feel like you're creating within a vacuum. So having you say that about my own work, it means a lot because, like, it just reminds me that, like, there is a bit of my personality that could be conveyed in my work that even I don't get to recognize. So that means a lot. Yeah. 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 I, it's... Lollapalooza is great. I did it only one year, 2014, and... That was one of the most grueling... It was my birthday weekend, too. My birthday is August 4th. That was one of the most grueling festival experiences I ever had. It's a lot of miles. like So if you're looking for a workout... Yeah. Well, you know what I found within... uh, Even just with the first day as it was going on is like because of how it's laid out. uh, For people who haven't been, uh, La Palooza is in Chicago's Grant Park. And the way it's set up is like there's a big fountain that's pretty much in between the entire festival site oh, yeah. and because of this, like the scale of the park and the scale of that fountain if you're working as a photographer and you know if you're working to any capacity but you know strictly as a photographer you almost end up intuitively picking a side because mm-hmm. it's like the festival itself is sectioned off the uh, water fountain is like pretty much a full 10 minute walk Anyone listening who said they've done it uh, in not less than a 10 minute walk, I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> and it's just a lot of, um, it's intense. We were, like, a friends and I were, who were doing photography there. I think we logged for the whole weekend. It's a four day festival now. So, like, a hundred miles back and forth. Like, something crazy. Like, yeah. there, we tried our best so we would do one main stage and then we try to backtrack to like the side stages and then go back to because the media tent was all the way back to the other main stage so we were like all right we we would mark things out and we okay we're, we're just chilling out we gotta you know eat and drink stuff at some point but there were some artists who were like oh i'm not gonna make it like yeah so you it's just tough. yeah so and and they're they're staggered in like 15 minute intervals and you only get three songs so you really have to pick or choose you really got to pick or choose yeah. so yeah it, it's tough i remember for me uh i have a bit of a history working with that indie band bombay bicycle club yeah and they're playing that weekend and i forget i wasn't working with them at the time but i was i love them a lot and i was really keen on seeing them and I can't remember who was playing around the same time, but it was a conflict where I knew, without a doubt, my editor would prefer me to do the other act. So I had to do that in my mind. And I remember just being so like, oh, fuck. Can't. Because like, they were on the other side of the festival, and the act I had to shoot was on the other side. So, like, logistically, I would have, like, just from the walk alone, I would have missed half the set. I, I mean, I worked out. For in a distance capacity, like a month before, to try to like train for that. Well, that's why you're smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
it, it got to a point where like things got hectic because I would be all the way down at a far stage, but I would have to meet an artist like like ten minutes later at the media tent for a portrait session. So it would be like boom, 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 and then trekking all the way back, and you'd be like, oh, all right, I gotta keep you know. Yeah get my composure so I could do this, and then I gotta head back. So it keeps you on your toes. So I wanna ask you about the books you've published. I mean, we talked uh, a bit about that, and you mentioned how you have five books out. Uh, again, holy shit. <laughs> um, and the reason I keep bringing this up, by the way, like we're gonna get in a little bit in the nitty gritty, but I, I just kinda wanna bring up how this all came about, like uh, you writing books. Cause it was a couple years ago, I can't remember when, maybe it was like two years ago, but you mentioned that the fact that you've written books so like off the cuff and yeah just the yeah it's, I think it's, I remember we were just like eh. you treat it as like a very random aside yeah. I remember looking at you just kind of like what the fuck is written books <laughs> <laughs> books son so I mean again you have five books published and I know it'll be a wild thing to do but can you give a quick description of each book Ooh, as quick as you can okay so... alright go Alright, we are not officially wearing headgear. Um, that's my first book. That was a collection of stuff that I did just like over time. Uh, it was just like a random story, assortment of stuff about love and, you know, growing up, you know, early 20s, not knowing who the hell you were and, and whatnot. And I was reading a lot of Emily. Dickinson at that time, so like it probably had a Dickinson vibe. Yeah. Uh, Dark Horse was probably like the first book where like I was like, oh, this shit is real, because I had like released it, and I wasn't good. I was actually not gonna release it because a lot of it was very personal. Like I was getting over a breakup, so like I was like, uh, this is like really bad. And then like my friend, God rest his soul, he passed away. David was like no like put this out so I put it out and it like reached number seven on like uh, American poetry like new releases I was like what like people people like bought this like people you don't know yeah like it was like people I didn't know and it was like like people were like really checking it out and I'm like oh wow this is fucking awesome (laughs) you know Vegas happened where I, it was just a random thought, like, I had visited a friend in Vegas, and we actually went to EDC Vegas, which, I mean, very sleep deprivation-like, because you're, you know, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and stuff like that, so I was just writing random stuff there that kind of had a theme about Vegas, and then I was just like, alright, you know what, I'm just gonna put this out as a little book. Uh, Dark Horse Redux came up actually like as an as like a, a funny idea from like a friend and I because people were texting me I think it was around like when Katy Perry released that Dark Horse song yeah. and they're like oh there's, she's stealing she's not stealing from me but like she's like oh, oh you're doing it. and like I was a big fan of how Linkin Park did reanimation as they did um, redid songs from Hybrid Theory into like these new songs yeah. so I picked select poems from Dark Horse and just kind of redid them from different viewpoints and did 
and uh, added a couple new ones in there to kind of like tie it into a theme. The end versus um, actually was a random idea. I don't think I'll ever do this again. But we're at book four, right? No, we're at book five now. Oh, book five. Um, the last one that came out in two, yeah, 2017. Um, the Las Vegas shooting happened. And I remember waking up and just wondering what the hell happened. And I just came back from a festival. So yeah. I think it may have been like Riot Fest or something like that. And I remembered how that felt. And I remembered how people were kind of like conveying their feelings. Like, is anywhere safe anymore? And then I just had this idea in my head for a while. Like, what if I wrote like a short book on like the world ending but like this love story in between mm-hmm. and it was in my head it was in my head and then I think at the end of October I was like you know what? I'm just gonna do it in a week so I end up writing this stuff and it like uh, there was a little short story and and I did that and I, like I said I'll probably never do this again because I was like I all right I want to release it on Halloween and it was like getting down to the nitty-gritty like the last poem came at ground zero, like, before midnight. And then I released it, and it hit number two on in American Poetry on Amazon, new releases. And I'm like, what? Like, I literally did this in a week. I didn't know that people really, like, to then. I was so... I think I started crying. <laughs> I was so... I was so... You experienced that. Yeah, but I was so humbled by it. And especially because a lot of these books are just random ideas. But I read poetry all the time. Like Dickinson and especially like Langston Hughes is a big uh, inspiration for me and whatnot. And yeah, it that was a huge pinnacle for me. Especially because that book, The End Verses, was probably like the book where I felt like alright, like, I got something here. Like, this, yeah. this idea here was, like, so heartfelt, but it came together so quick, and then, like, to see people responding to it, I'm so blessed that people did. And, well, you know, like I said, I release books every two years, and it was 2017, we are now in 2019, and not to give too many details away, but this book, this year will not end without me not releasing a project or a couple so we'll see well okay well before i go to my next question uh you want to just list off all the titles real quick so people okay so uh, book one we are not officially uh wearing headgear great title by the way. book two dark horse yes book three vegas book four dark horse redux yes and book five uh the end verses yeah. uh so, there's a lot I want to ask, but the big obvious question that I almost feel like is like a borderline elementary question, but I do want to ask, because I do think it's like an interesting train of thought that probably went into those. Why, what intrigued you towards the format of a book? And I ask that in the sense that because of how things have been in the last uh, five, even 10 years, and what we've seen with technology and how people interact, I actually don't think for many people it's an obvious means of approach to make a book. 
So what do you think it is that attracted you to that, just in a general sense? Well, because I'm a fan of the album. And I'm a fan of a lot of concept albums that tell a story. And like I said, like I'm a fan of a lot of poets and whatnot. And I felt like releasing a book, and especially in those time periods, that was my album. That's my EP. Like, that's my way of... Because I can't sing. I sing like shit. But I'm a good time in, like, karaoke's and whatnot. But that was my way of... And I read all the time, so that was my way of, like, okay, well, this is my album. This is what's happening to me. Or in case of, like, inverses, this is what is happening outside of me. This is kind of what I have to say. And it's growing. Like, I've toyed with doing short movies and like having like you know if, if there's different characters and when I eventually write a novel having different characters with like social media and having their own thing so it's growing definitely with mediums but I always love the intimacy of a book because I feel like if you have a physical or even a digital one you're, you're, constant, you're constantly choosing to take time out of your day to kind of just get lost in it. Yeah. And I feel like if I could just kind of take you away from some of the bullshit that we are bombarded with on a daily basis, then I've kind of done my job. I mean, one of the things that really does amaze me about the fact that you've written books, and I keep saying this because, like, I mean, I, I, there'll be a little bit of an intro and people could definitely tell that we're friends, but I just want to stress it up. This is my friend and he's written fucking books. Uh, <laughs> The reason I, I'm so, like, like, that word means so much to me is because I've seen what it takes to even do that, to write just one, and I think something that a lot of people need to understand, it's like, it's a lot, it takes a lot of discipline. It's not just the type of thing of, like, I'm going to do this thing and, like, keep at it. There's, you, you need to have, like, some mental facilities in place to allow yourself to be so disciplined. And, just, I'm kind of curious, like, what do you think are some of the mental tools you use to keep on track when it came to writing your first and second book? Sticking with it. Because there's a lot of, well, first off, you got to understand that, like, sometimes, especially doing self-published, you are now doing the legwork. So you're doing the promotion. You're making sure, like, going to people, like, to make sure, like, the covers are right. And doing stuff like that, like, you, it's on you. To kind of like get the word out. And of course you got friends and stuff to pass the word. But like it's that element and the fact that even doing all that, it may not sell. We are officially wearing headgear was like my friends. Have, it didn't do shit. Like it took a lot to. Now I didn't expect me like being like, you know, Michael Crichton or anything. <laughs> but it took a lot to even put that out because like that's a lot of personal stuff. So, to do, I feel that with any artist and like with writing stuff about your personal life, yeah. mentally you have to kind of detach yourself and say like, okay, I'm putting this out into the world, come whatever may. And that honesty and that vulnerability, that's scary. That's scary as shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know some parts of me now that like, I can't take back. Like, I can't like not gonna pull the book or anything like that and also like discipline to the fact that you have to get it done uh, like 
like I said, like Dark Horse was a two-year period of me going through a lot of hard shit and like even questioning if I'm even going to put this out, like putting a lot of personal stuff into it, making sure the format is right, making sure the concept is right, but still like, is this good enough? And like a lot of it is to fighting through fear and fighting through doubt. And I think a, a, a quote is that like, I remember it is like, getting you got to get through the other side of fear because you know what i mean like i released the book and it was kind of a dud but the fact that dark horse did well people went back and looked at the first one so like those aspects the fact that like you're gonna fail but like do it anyway if it's in your heart to to create anything like photograph write a script um a comic book anything painting do it because somebody in the world is going to resonate with it. Somebody in the world is going to benefit from your courage. And you just got to kind of not only like look at it from the micro or inside, you got to look at it on the outside too. Well, something that's, that's all really beautiful, dude. I mean, something that I'm kind of um, curious about is that because you talk so much about how much of your personal self and your personal life you put in these things. And, um, I love the fact that you uh, you reference the aspect of how artists put out albums and they pretty much give it to the world and it's theirs. But, you know, with that element that I asked you about in regards to, like, mental facilities and, like, you know, the discipline aspect, do you think in some ways that's the correlation in itself? That, like, if you're putting so much of yourself into something, the investment is heightened and just kind of, like, innate within that discipline? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like... If, say you're writing about a, like, a breakup or a loss, you know, it could be a loss of like a friend or like a loved one or even like love or happiness and you're, you're literally bleeding onto the page, it's, it's almost as if you're putting your physical self out there. Like this book is just a piece of my heart physically or my arm or something like that this is me like this is tied to me like i literally cut flesh and just put it in put it in pages so yeah i, I felt like especially like when writing it and actually sitting down and writing these words how you know how they went out i felt like there was a definitely necessary need to get it done and like as it as it kept on playing out, like I got into more to it, like setting the side, setting time aside, um, really like not holding back into my feelings on how I felt about things. Like you got to be completely honest. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. essential. Uh, tell me this. So something that like I think will blow people's minds is that even though uh, I mean we're doing a podcast now, so it's always meta talking about a podcast on a podcast. Uh, even though I'm doing a podcast now and I've done a good amount of them, I, there's a bit of a disconnect in my brain where like I do them and I forget that people can listen to them <laughs> until someone brings it up. Like, I actually forget that that's like the aspect of it. With that in mind, in regards to your books, is it trippy when you're reminded that people can read them? Like when people like write you or people like text you or like, hey bro, like this thing from your book here or there. Like, it, what's that kind of feeling like? 
I mean, I would I would imagine if like I'm not saying I'm uh, Adele or anything, but like if somebody listened to like Rolling in the Deep, like a friend listened to Adele, I'm like, oh, you know what? I I really like, you know, what I mean that got me through blah blah. It it is humbling every time the fact that somebody took time out of their day to check something out that you did like i am i think the stars every single day that that happens like you know what i mean like the fact that you like check little me like a book that i wrote and something resonated when you either to change something or the fact that you just felt something that something that i wrote hits you like to a core like that that's exactly why I do this. I, I do this not only to kind of inspire people to write their own book, but like to for people to like kind of get into their like feelings and their emotions and really like figure them out. And like, yeah, every anytime that that happens, like it blows my mind like the first time it happened. Like, I'm like, what? Like, really? Like, you bought me? Like, you bought them? Oh my God. Like, it'll, I'll never... I don't think I'll ever get a big head about it because, like, that's, like, people, like, people are actively investing in you. So, like, I am thankful to every single person, whether you, like, bought a book of mine, read a review, or something like that. Like, I'm thankful. Yeah. So, um, one of the big things I wanted to ask you about, too, because I asked you about the writing of the book, but you mentioned how you're self-published, and that's something that's really fucking huge and admirable. In regards to getting your work published, though, tell me, like, what are some things about publishing a book that you think would surprise most people? Or, like, what does it entail that most people have no, like, context for? Well, it's it's tough to the fact that, like, you have to do everything yourself. So, I mean, there are tools that, like, Amazon and, like, Lulu give you, but you ultimately have to make sure, like, the manuscript looks right. The words don't bleed off the page and look like shit. Uh, you have to get like a cover done because you want like the cover to be better. Like my first cover was just like a Lulu, like a, a, just a, a prototype. So you know what I mean? I'll probably change that. But yeah, like making sure everything is right is on you. Like you're not going through a publisher. To like like proofreading like all right well you know you use the wrong form of there or your or something like that it's very meticulous to make sure like you know what I mean like it's once it's done it's out there so there's no take so you got to make sure that everything is is fine and, and right but there's a freedom to that when you're self-published that you're not you're not necessarily on a leash. You could kind of save the feelings that you're saying. Like you're you're betting on yourself to a standpoint where like, all right, this is 100% me. Like this is unfiltered, unadulterated. And not to say that I would never work with a publisher. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously <laughs> there are very big pros to working with a publisher, like being in like actual fucking bookstores and stuff like that. Um, but, but there is there's a uh, sorry not to go over I was just gonna add that there is like an uh, there is a insurmountable amount of uh, value in being your own boss yeah 
saying that like not necessarily saying like I did this but like I did this to the point where like I did this I got this out to the world you know what I mean like this this was just kind of an idea that I capitalized on and like the fact that like not even money like like you do get a bigger percentage but the fact that like you said like you kind of went into like it's a victory lap for you because like you're not with a big publisher but like people are still checking out things that you're doing you know what I mean like people are like are when when's your next book coming out like and then I could kind of like say all right well there's a freedom in releasing books when I want like there's no pressure in like all right well you know like we gotta get this book out like next year like I can take kind of times off yeah. and really work on an idea and then just if I wanted to release it tomorrow I could release it tomorrow I feel like this latest book you've released is one where you've been a lot more open about it at least for as long as I've known you like the way you've been like kind of posting about it here and there just talking about like you know the fact that it even exists like I feel like you've been a lot more proactive in like the sense of ownership of, like this is something I did and here here it is uh do you think, like, I'm crazy for pointing that out? And, like, what do you think that's ref in reflection of? Like, why do you think you've been able to be more open about this one? No, because I feel like the inverse is a lot more universal. Um, because it touches on a lot of things. And I feel that there is, especially with the themes of love and it being two people, it could be any two people, but I also touched on a lot of stuff that happened, like, politically, because... I mean, I'm not trying to, like, you know, start the fires here or whatnot, but everything's kind of divided. You know what I mean? Like, everything is... We are a country now that is very at each other's throat. And I wanted to touch on that briefly, but I wanted to kind of give a message of kind of love, too. And not to the point where, like, you're accepting like fucking like racist and sexist shit and I commend that and I think that's also in there but I felt like you know at the heart of it and how we are gonna heal especially you know coming from the heels of what it came from especially with the shooting I saw a lot of outpouring of love from people that you know from a lot of people so I wanted to really push that because I felt like it was timely not that I'm not proud of Dark Horse Dark Horse is probably like my most open book not that I'm not proud of the other ones it's just that if I were to hang my head on something it would be this latest book and especially where it came from yeah that makes a lot of sense to me um, I know family is really important to you and you made a post a few months back about uh, being able to have a book uh, that your family members could see up in a bookstore like uh you remember what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you talk to me about what that experience meant for you? Because that's really something else. I had seen my uncle, like, at a family party. And it was, like, you know, like, Springfield, New Jersey. He's like, yeah, man, I was in a Barnes & Noble, and I bought Dark Horse from there. I'm like, get the fuck. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, they actually had couple copies and I'm like I didn't know about this because like when you self-publish like you have to sell an, 
a big amount to even get into a Barnes and Noble. So I didn't really believe him. So <laughs> so I was like I was like he's he's just you know doing the you know I'm proud of you thing. So I told him to send the receipt, and he sent the receipt, and it was actually in there. And I'm like, get the, f- no fucking way. Like, so wait, do you not know how it ended up there? No, I have, I still have no idea. Wow. Uh, but it was there, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, the impact of that book is still kind of being felt. So, of course, like I like, fucking you know, cry tears of joy. Like, oh my god! <laughs> you know, like, what book is it for? Oh my god! And. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it was a trip. It was. It made me flash back to that kid. Well, yeah, that younger guy. Uh, that who was just writing poems on line paper and kept them in like a Manila folder and was like, you know, I should put this into a book one day. And I was like, you know what? All right. Like, even if I'm not on the New York Times bestseller list, I have this. I got this. So. Yeah, like that was a trip. That still is a trip. Like, yeah. you did, dude, you did that. That was yeah. Uh, before I let you go, uh, what was pretty wild about prepping for this talk and like being in conversation with you is that you let slip to me that there's another project you're working on. Um, I know there's probably loads you can't say because obviously it's <laughs> still being worked on. But uh, can you talk to me a bit about what? Like, just a little bit about what's going on with that, or, like, what direction, and, like, what's happening with that? Well, you know me. Uh, I write a lot about movies, and I study a lot of film. Yeah. And, uh, so, this project is not gonna be more of a poetry thing. This project more is gonna be more of a three-tiered thing. So, it could be, like... It's still... I'm still working on it. But it could be a three-pronged thing, as in poetry, a novel, short film. I, I've been really formulating that and writing screenplay and like learning how to do that and balling up paper and throwing it away. <laughs> and then, like, all right, this is kind of cool. But, yeah... One of my, I mean, you know this, like, one of my inspirations is Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, and I've really... He's one of my heroes as well. Um, well uh, an absurdly misunderstood guy, but absurdly talented as well. So, Year Zero is one of my favorite albums from him, basically how he built the art for it. There's a whole world within that album, and I got inspired by it, and this is kind of like... This is, this project is more open and involved in that from, uh, like, not trying to spill the beans all the way, but, like, from a view about five different characters. And, yeah, it's probably the most ambitious thing I've ever done. I am super excited to get it out into the world. I would, release date... (sighs) Well, don't say release date. How about this? In regards to, like, uh, let's use, like, video game logic. So let's say this is, like, a loading bar. Uh, how many, what's your percentage of 
the loading bar that's currently filled hmm. in terms of progress? I would say that the game is at a title screen, but it's loading the game up and just have your controller in hand. That's what I'll say. Oh, okay. Because the game could start at any minute. That's what I, that, I'll say that. Wow. That was both an amazing answer and non answer. Fucking double speaking bastard. Look at you. Oh, that was it, dude. We just finished it. How do you feel? This was awesome. I, yeah. I, I would no. I mean, I wouldn't have, especially with a good friend like you, who's an awesome interviewer. Oh, thanks, man. I didn't think twice about doing this, and I appreciate you having me on and kind of like speaking about stuff and speaking about you know me and hopefully when people listen to it, they get more of a sense about me and then they get inspired and kind of do their own thing because you know seeing especially with like friends of ours and seeing them excel creatively i am a huge cheerleader for so yeah, yeah if even one person kind of gets inspired by it like i've done my job you know i totally hear that and like you know we definitely have like a lot of musicians on and people uh in, re- in relation to music but something that's a big goal for me is to have the influx of guests that we have on be d- more halved where it's half musicians and half non-musicians and i say that because i think something that's like a big um What's the right word for it? Something that I just find to be very sad. I guess sad is just the closest word. Something I find very sad is that a lot of, most people go through their lives not thinking they have a story to tell. And what I love about people is that they do. So being able to just kind of capture that even in a fashion like this, I mean, it's kind of like my way of just showing that everyone has a story and like, clearly you do. Thank you. Thank you for letting me tell it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, You've written books. <laughs> I want to keep saying this because I feel like it's the time of day where you're just kind of like, oh yeah, books. No, you've written books, sir. Yeah, I mean, books. I just, it's just something that I was, that God put me here to do. You know, other than, you know, like the photography or like. Books, sir. Books. Multiple. Uh, yeah. You've written books. And you know, for as long as, <laughs> you know, for as long as I'm able and, and blessed to be here, hopefully there will be many more and you know i definitely got the ideas for it so we'll see thank you yeah i'm sure thanks again no problem no problem you have to take care of yourselves you know i've got my hands